Hey listeners, it's almost lunchtime and you're hungry. Would you prefer a slice of pizza or a plate of salad? Hello listeners and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akinoma Bitan and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart, peer-reviewed and published social science papers and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the listener, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. What's up, Dan? Hi, Akin. Hey, hey, hey. Really looking forward to this. Pizza. I love pizza. <laughs> That's my I think I love it a little too. Are you already there? <laughs> I'm there. I'm pizza. <laughs> well, the reason why that is such an interesting question is it brings up this idea that one of them is healthier and probably should do it. And one of them is just going to be more satisfying now. And that's in some ways what this article and what this conversation is going to be about. Um, do you, shall we introduce the title? It's got a pretty good title. This one is only one line long, so it's just, <laughs> just a refreshing break from the titles which seem to cover up half a page. And this one is Highbrow Films Gather Dust, Time Inconsistent Preferences and Online DVD Rentals. And we're giving shout outs to Catherine Milkman, Todd Rogers, and Max Bazerman. And what's really funny about this one is it's published in Management Science, which is a pretty Techie. It's a tech kind of um, journal with a lot of analytics. And we're going to go through some of that and save the reader from having to do that. But it, the top line is really an easy idea, which is this notion that there's some films that are highbrow, and that kind of represents the salad. We really ought to be enhancing our brains and kind of making ourselves more knowledgeable, blah, blah, blah. But then when it actually comes down to sitting and watching a movie... We kind of just want Predator. Like, I, want, I want things to explode. I want, things, I want action. Yeah. I want thrills. You know, and it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it would be better to eat a salad, but like this greasy pizza kind of has a certain appeal. This donut <laughs> calls to me. Filled with both jam and chocolate <laughs> and like a nice powdered sugar topping as well. <laughs> it just seems like the, while nutritious, the salad's going to leave me a little bit wanting so that's what this is about. It's about this incredible data set, frankly. It really just comes down to a data set where they went and they got the data on the rental preferences of people and they looked at whether they got these highbrow films and then kept them around a lot longer <laughs> instead of watching them versus got these action-adventure kind of uh, films and which ones they kept in their house longer, essentially. Yeah, it's a very generous data set as well. So they, so the company that they looked at was called uh, QuickFlix. Yeah. So uh, so we're looking at a company which was probably doing very well in Australia back in, like, the mid-noughties. Yep. So we're, like, yep. we're looking at data from, like, around uh, very early on, early to mid-2006. And it's about, like, uh, 4,000, 4,500 uh, participants but not participants in the uh, the lab kind of way. That's These right. are real customers of this company. And between them, they rented out about like 100,000, maybe more DVDs in that, that space of time, averaging out at around 22.7 DVDs per customer <laughs> over the course of four months. And they were looking at this data to find out what does this tell us about the choices that we do make in life and what are those choices influenced by? That's right. I think that's really nice. And, and, um, 
for you, the listener, there's a philosophical part here that I find deeply interesting, even compelling. And there's a practical element of this. And so do you want to say, should we maybe just mention that real quick? Go for it. I, I think um, the philosophical part that I think is incredible is how within our brains, apparently, there are different selves and they want different things. And that is, I don't know, that's the kind of thing you kind of don't believe in a way. Like, how can I negotiate with myself? And lose. <laughs> you know, you know Man, what I mean? I have done that Who's so the other many guy? times. Who's the other guy? The other guy's just shrewd. It's, yeah. it's, it's me versus yes. freaking Gordon Gecko. <laughs> and that greed is winning every oh time. God. Well, here's one. Like, this is a funny one. So you go to bed, say it's midnight or whatever, and you set the alarm because you want to get a workout, and you set the alarm for like 6, 6.30 because you're going to get up early and get that in. And then when 6.30 rolls around, you definitely want to hit the snooze button. And you got to have to yourself, who is that? Who, who is it that's wanting to hit the snooze button? Because I set the alarm. Who's the new guy? Why are we fighting? Who are, like, why are we quarreling? <laughs> and this is so fantastic that you, you lay that out. Because what they, what they're looking at here is, so the, the action films, you could call it the, uh, the, the rom-coms, the, uh, I guess the, the more, the films that you could probably put more inside of like pop culture. Absolutely. They would say these are like the, the Vice. wants. Yeah. These they, are like. Yeah, that's it. They're like, yeah, they're the wants. They're the, they're the films that I, I want to watch. They're, they're easy to consume. They're fun. They're a good time. Yep. They're it's a, a good short time. term kind of value where you get some giggles and you get some thrills and the words that they use in the thing are like affective, meaning it like captures your emotions quickly or vice which is like it's kind of wrong it's i think kinda- i mentioned my my appetite for bad movies right like I, I watch a lot of b movies i just find them a lot of fun yep. i find them a lot of fun and they switch off that analytical part of my brain because i'm like oh no i don't need to take this seriously yep this is for me a bad movie is the equivalent of the nation watching love island like i get it it's or like eating chips or eating chips. You know, it's totally. the same kind of thing. It's totally. just like, it's a way to just like not, like, can we just chill it with the, like the mustard greens for <laughs> one night and just go ahead and eat a bag of chips or get some fries or whatever. And uh, on the other side of that, yeah, then we've got yeah. the, the wants. So these no, are the, we did the wants. The so other did, side oh, the sorry, shoulds. the shoulds. Yeah, oh, I apologize. Yeah. The shoulds. Yeah. So the shoulds are probably like, you know, documentaries, something that's like informative or educational, or even if it is a, a piece of fiction, maybe something like Schindler's List might be a, mm-hmm. a want. Like mm-hmm. I want to watch that. Citizen Kane, I want Wait, to watch want that. Want or should? Wait, I'm, okay. So, okay. We're clearly off to. <laughs> well, well, listen, um, for you, it might be a want. I don't well, know. this was one of the questions that I had, but mm. we can we can jump into that later. Mm. But yeah, go ahead. Well, what's interesting about these, they call them should goods, is the idea behind it is that these are long-term benefits where you're like going to learn stuff that makes you a better human. And it's like the words they use around that, instead of, instead of words like vice and affective, they use words like cognitive and virtue. So if you think of should as virtue and want as vice... You actually can start thinking, like, let me give you one more example, listeners, in case I'm sure you get this, because it's actually not that hard. I, to I hope they get it, because I clearly don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can I overthought it. I hope someone gets this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went through a stage where I loved smoking cigars. Still do. Oh, I know something do. new about you every day, then. <sighs> they just give me such a nice buzz, and it's just so pleasant. And so I was smoking them and it started like once a week and then it got to like once a day and then it started even more than once a day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop. 
So I did this funny thing because, you know, it's bad and I know that it causes cancer and all this stuff. So I actually did a funny thing where I shredded my cigars. Like I, I used to smoke pretty good ones. But you shredded I, in a trash Isn't the cigar full of shredded tobacco? Yes. Well, I like <laughs> broke them up. So like I couldn't access them anymore. Yeah. Like I, I like stopped me from me. Yeah. Only Versus- hipster of you. It's like a uh, deconstructed <laughs> lasagna. You just like... <laughs> Two nights later, Dan's ruffling through the bin, <laughs> using receipt papers to stuff with cigar tobacco. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I know I shouldn't, but I really want to. <laughs> yes, that's it. Finally, you've got it. Eureka. You just had your Eureka moment. I thought that cigar thing would bring you into the fold. Okay, so... That's probably enough. I think that the practical part now, that's kind of like the philosophical, cool, theoretical part. The practical part of all this seems to be that once you gain an insight into this, you can kind of control it better. Yeah, and the it, because I'm not sure we've mentioned what the... So their it, in this case, is is the present bias. And so I'm going to do a very dirty, what my understanding of present bias is. And Dan, please do jump in and correct me. So for me, my understanding of the present bias as it pertains to this study, which we're looking at is when you have a decision to make in the moment, the present bias is you trying to satisfy you in that moment of time. So for example, when we talk about the salad versus the pizza, my present bias might be like, how do I want to feel right now? And that's, I want to feel like warm and I want those flavors. However, the long-term benefits is, it pertains to the salad, which later on, there might be more nutrients and value and I'll feel healthier in the long run. So it's kind of weighing up. Do I want the short-term gratification or do I want the long-term benefits? And the present bias, I believe, suggests that when given those two options, there's a stronger leaning towards what's going to make me feel good right now. Right now. That's right. And, and that- th- Oh, yeah. And so this is challenging relating to this study because when you're renting dvds which thank the sweet heavens we no longer need to because we have the joys and the lights of netflix so instead of having to rent dvds we just spend that equivalent time choosing but just online it's like we're just virtually walking around the dvd store like so um but it pertains to that because i guess in the past when we had to wait we were making a present decision for our future selves so similar to to dan at midnight setting his alarm for six 6 a.m. He's making a future decision for his present self, but his present self at 6 a.m. is like, now nah, we're trying to get five more minutes exactly, of sleep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's really well done. Oh, thank you. And I think the idea of calling it a bias is just interesting because it's not rational. That's why the word bias is there. You know, rationally, for example, it would be better to get up and exercise and use that extra time. I already have enough sleep. And so to go and get that will make me feel better about the day and it'll make me feel more fit and all this like nice stuff, this virtuous stuff. And yet there's this part of you that just wants that 10 more minutes and they they struggle with each other. And that's kind of interesting. I think that that's really compelling part of this. And um, Akin, when you just mentioned a moment ago about the physical DVDs, that's worth, that's really worth us saying more about because in this study, what's clever, and I mean deeply clever, uh, these researchers used a naturally occurring uh, set of decisions, real consumer decisions, 
and we're able to test interesting parts of theory using real choices because of the physical DVDs and the way they were ordered. And that's really clever. I mean, the idea of going back to 2006 and saying, hey, we got this data set where people had to pick three different films, but in this case, they had to come on DVDs. That's a great point as well. I'm going to let you continue on this path, Dan, but I just want to also mention, so the the individuals that they were looking at, they had this subscription package. So they would pay, I can't remember the exact figure, but let's say 10 bucks a month. So if you pay 10 bucks a month, what, what that means is that at any one time, you're able to hold free DVDs for as long or as little as you want. So what that means is once you've watched one, you can send it back and request another one. So you can always have this continuous rotation of having up to free DVDs at the same time. That's it. And I think what's so cool about that, I mean, not only cool, it's necessary for this study. It means that in advance, you're making predictions about what your future self will want to watch because you almost can get this vision that they're like sitting on the sofa saying like, Dear, did you check the mail for the, uh, you know, the, the CDs are supposed to be here and wouldn't mind watching, wouldn't mind watching that documentary. <laughs> wouldn't mind donation <laughs> diets. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just this feeling that like, unlike today, it's unthinkable today. But unlike today, there's this idea that you'd like put some preferences in and then just wait around. And you know, they might come today, they might come in a few days. Well, it just depends on the mail, really. It's quite, you're rolling the dice. So you're rolling the dice saying that in three nights time, I'm going to want to watch a documentary on the Rwandan genocide. You're like, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe in three nights time. I've been out for drinks and I'm having a good time. And what I really want to watch is Mel Gibson, like, running around. Dying harder. Yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. So I think the idea of the naturally occurring experiment, because these are not experiments. These are real humans making real choices with their lives and being able to infer what must be happening in their brains. It's kind of a beautiful thing. So the science here, Dan, from what I can understand, is the analysis. It's not It's not like the setup and the delivery. It's the analysis of something which has already taken place. That's it. That's it. And in this case, we've got to dig in here. They used a lot of statistics to back into inferences about people's decisions. So like maybe we'll take a couple of words or just a little bit of time about that. But it's this idea that because they had the data on people's choices and how quickly they returned the films and in what order they returned the films, it allowed them to do these pretty clever inferences about, well, if you returned it right away, that means you watched it right away. So let's just take a look and see which ones they watch sooner. And then if it's the case you ordered like a highbrow film, like some documentary that you're supposed to watch because you know that would make you seem more intelligent. And like that doesn't come back for a long time. And then you get this Mel Gibson one and it comes back the next day. That's called... And you're like, and give me another. Like, I've I've seen Lethal Weapon. Now I wish to watch Lethal Weapon 2. I must watch it. (laughs) I had such a good time. In fact... (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say I want to watch it? I must must. watch it. (laughs) I will. So I think that idea of a... That's called a, um, a preference reversal. Because you order them in the opposite reason. Gotcha. You order them in the opposite. You, you put the documentary first, and now you actually watched and sent the Mel Gibson one back early. It means that not you were completely wrong, in yeah. a sense. And you're still holding on to the documentary yes, in many cases. You're still it, yeah. holding on to it, thinking, 
maybe the moon needs to align with Mercury at this perfect point of time before I'm actually willing to sit down and watch Blue Planet 2. Maybe you just, you know. <laughs> I love it. And I love the stuff that you said earlier, too, about it's 101,000 DVDs. That's 22 per customer over a four-month period. So on average, they held these for 12 days. But there's this huge range where literally some are coming back the next day, but giving more. Almost like the equivalent now of binging, except the male got involved. <laughs> the postman's now <laughs> shaking him at the door, man. Like, bills, 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 bills. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Where's Die Hard with a Vengeance, man? <laughs> oh, this is so good. But this is really interesting because what they're, what they're trying to do is... From what my understanding is, and this kind of like goes back to this idea of present bias, they're trying to see if there's there's trends in which people start to observe this behavior within themselves, and do they curb their behavior at all to then suggest that? Because I think like it's, I personally I feel like it's pretty cool. Like you know, I just watch the stuff that I want to watch, and that's all good. But I do that in the current day where we have Netflix, for example, where it's like I can just choose in the moment. But I do question, I remember going to like blockbuster videos back in the day and just having that conversation with myself where it's just like, am I going to get one VHS out or am I going to get two? Am I going to get one DVD? Am I going to get three? And just thinking, I'm have to now forecast. And what do I want to add to my life? Do I want it to be pure entertainment? Or would I like to learn a little something about something that I'm not too familiar with? Yeah. I love how many walks of life have these decisions. For example... There's all this evidence that people join gym memberships and they actually like pay quite a bit to have these monthly memberships. But when you look at their actual consumer behavior, like how many times you show up, it'd be way better just to pay on a one-off. So we're often very irrational in how we spend our time and spend our money. It looks crazy on the face of it to just, it ends up being the case that each visit you're paying like 75 quid to do. <laughs> Because you're only going twice a month. That's one. That's <laughs> one you... expensive go yes, on yes, the elliptical yes. machine. <laughs> I mean, you could buy the elliptical machine on that go. And oh. then put it at home and just not use it. <laughs> and not use it now. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what's so interesting about these real life sets of decisions. And as Akin mentioned, one of the things that they're checking out here, although I got to say, I don't think it was the primary reason for this study, is they look to see, do people get better at this across time? So as people make these, what you might call irrational decisions of ordering films and letting them sit around and not watching them, do they do less and less of that across the four months? And it turns out they do. I mean, let's just jump to it. People do seem to have the ability to watch themselves and get better. And where better doesn't mean that they're ordering better films. They get better at not being irrational and just ordering the thing that you want to watch. I, I would assume this is because you, when we talk about the, the DVDs, I'm I'm going to assume here that what's going on is you've kind of got a bit of like a track record. So like if you're going online, you can, and this is my assumption now, I'm not too familiar with what Quick Flix's kind of like setup is like, but I know if you're able to track what it is that you're engaging with more of and observe your own behavior and actually record your behavior, you're much more aware of what it is that you are doing. And I know when it comes to like maybe like forming new habits or exercising or dieting, one of the things that they really do encourage is journaling because you're now having like a track. And I believe it's the Nike running app 
where you kind of like, it shows you the route you ran. It shows you the time you did it in. It shows you when you last ran. I imagine, I imagine, I don't use the running apps. I don't run, but I imagine it gives you prompts. Like, you know, here's a, here's a target to beat. Here's the next time you should go. And so what I would assume is going on, and this is like a big assumption when people are renting these DVDs, I'm assuming that they're, they're able to see those free DVDs that they're holding and how long they're holding them for. When you have that constant reminder, of that, like, uh, Louis Farouk documentary that you've, it's just staring at yes, you. Yeah. And Louis's yeah. like, Akin, don't you want to know about brothels in Atlanta? And it's like, I do, Louis, but right now I just really <laughs> want to know what Bruce Willis is going to do about this. But, um, so oh, I, I, I think kind of like, and you might want to say more about this, Dan, because I'm so curious as to like, what is it that individuals are experiencing that's allowing them to kind of, I want to say maybe mature, mature yeah. Yeah. their, their consumption or their patterns. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to say that this paper doesn't really do it. Doesn't, which is why I'm kind yeah. of like well, uh, what, tangenting slightly. What I think it's a really important issue and listeners, I hope that that's part of the practical learning that you're getting. And that is to say, once you have this insight that there is a want self and a should self, you can listen to them arguing with each other and almost have like a balcony seat on that. If you don't know about selves and you don't know that you have these different parts of you that are arguing for different things, it can feel a bit crazy making and you can allow yourself to continue to fall into it and feel bad about yourself as well. And so there is something really valuable about knowing about it so that you can manage it and kind of put them in their corners and then let them have like a reasonable disagreement and then actually decide almost like there's id and he just wants stuff now. And then there's ego. It's like, I think he'll wait. And then there's like this super ego that's like, I'm going to kind of manage the two of you because you're just fighting all the time. And it feels like crap in here. <laughs> and, and that's the part I think is so practical and useful. But I got to say, this particular paper doesn't open up that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. There were some, there were some avenues. They, they teased me down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just got jumped. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> Do you want to say, I mean, I don't know how much of this we want to go into, but we've got about five minutes where we could at least play with their methodology because they did some crazy stuff. Oh, definitely. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So one of the things they did at the beginning, and, and this is actually um, almost like an early machine learning thing that they did here, folks. I mean, they wouldn't call it that because I don't think that that language was really used back then. But what they did is they got a bunch of American research assistants who was part of this Harvard Business School's computer lab for experimental research. They were given some money, about $15. And then they gave want and should scores to a random sample of 60 films. And they all got these different ones and they rated them in random order and so on. But what it means is they rated like how wholesome and sort of learning oriented the film was versus how sort of like savory and action packed and delicious it was now. So yeah, kind of, I guess creating that, um, should want scale, yeah. that low brow to high brow scale. And I think that's kind of funny to think about doing that job and sort of like having, they basically were given a lot of information about, um, the films, like the same kind of film, film information you get when you were choosing. They gave it to those people. And then they actually figured out that they were doing a pretty good job. Like, first off, different people rating the same film agreed quite a bit. 
Um, different people rating the same film agreed, but the same person rating different films. There wasn't a lot of bias there. It looked like the data held up really well. And then they did this thing where they did a regression. This part gets a little confusing. They took all the information that he had on the film, like what genre it was and how long the film was and the producer of that film, all this information. It was a lot of numbers. Oh my god. Like gosh. the chart, the chart was dense. Wow. It was like a chart within a chart within a chart. And what they did is they dumped all that into a regression and they predicted those want should ratings. And then the beta weights, which are like the regression coefficients, they then used those for these whatever films, the small number films, and applied that to all of the films, which I think is something like 13,000 films. Yeah, so yeah, just to, to the earlier point, the, the 100,000 uh, number that we mentioned earlier, that was the number of rentals. 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 Correct. So the number of films in the quick library was... 17,258 yeah. is in like that, the library. That's the database of all yeah. possible films. And I mean, I think this is actually very clever doing this. It's a really statistics intense way of taking a bunch of validated ratings that real humans gave and then using the computer and statistics to back it into this massive data set. And then what that did is every single one of those 17,258 films then got a rating of like, how wanty versus shitty is it? (laughs) And like, do you want to talk about the most sort of now film the most want film was oh it was was it the story of the story of ricky so the story of ricky which is dan and i are gonna have to find some time we gotta do it to watch the story of ricky but i believe it's some sort of like futuristic action-packed sci-fi sci-fi horror horror, aussie based 90s flick which just oh reading that alone, I was like, "Oh no, I very much want oh, to watch." I want to crack open a beer and I want to watch that. I want to know Ricky's story. Sit down, Ricky. You know what it kind of grab a cigar and tell the me your story. Science three thousand. Mystery Science Theater 3000, where those two robots watched bad movies. Ah, yes. We could maybe do something like that. (laughs) So, And then on the other side of this thing, the highest score, like the sort of the most should-oriented score in this thing, was an Australian Oscar-winning documentary from 1942 about a Kokoda campaign in Papua New Guinea during World War II. (laughs) And, And even just reading that, it just makes me feel like eating bran. Like, that's like, get a bowl of bran flakes. Oh, we're out of milk? Yeah, I just got to eat them dry then. And you're just spooning dry just get bran flakes. It's going to be really good for you, though. Trust me. You get through this bowl of bran, you're going to be set. You're going to feel real great in about 30, 40 years' time. You'll be thanking me for... <laughs> you and your colon are going to be thanking you for that bowl of bran. But in the meantime, right now, kind of dry in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here's the thing, folks. That is really clever. I mean, I'm probably a little bit more charmed by this than the average listener will be, but that allowed them to compute these results where they found, for example, holding everything else constant, and that's a lot of stuff, putting all those control variables in there, what they found is that a one standard deviation increase in this sort of should want score is associated with a 2% increase in how many days the movie is held. So like to put this in context, it would indicate that like for the same customer, this Kokoda Frontline, this brand-oriented documentary is going to be held on average 17% longer, like a day and a half longer than would be predicted based on like Alien versus Predator, <laughs> which is like a lowbrow action sci-fi thriller. And they just think that's, I don't know, like 
how clever is it to be able to not only show that the phenomenon occurs, but like to be able to articulate so cleanly how big the difference or the gap is? Yeah, and it, it kind of gives me ideas of how we can tap more into our shoulds. So I believe our shoulds are like the, the highbrow stuff. So uh, I know through reading a bit about habits, there's this ability that we have to kind of like bundle things together. So for example, if you are holding on to Kokoda Frontline and it's been a few days now and you're like, I've been holding on to it. I'm not really that keen on watching it. Maybe order a pizza. Maybe be like, I'm going to watch. <laughs> oh, in other words, I'll watch it. I'll but watch I'm also going to get something wanty. Totally. Oh, that's good. And quite similar to like, that's I believe good. people do it with like the, with the gym as well, where it's a bit like, you know, they give themselves like cheat days and it's just kind of like incentivizing oh, that's interesting. that kind of mm. that, that should element of us so that it's not just the, the brand. So it's like, okay, we don't have any milk to go with the bran. Here's a bit of yogurt. Like, have that. Here's some blueberries yeah. and some, like, chopped strawberries yeah. as well. It'll help just you get helping, through it. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. It's just a spoonful <laughs> of help sugar. Help me help myself. <laughs> totally. Totally. And, yeah, and I believe, because, like, with the with the uh, the wants, we don't really need that much encouragement with these things. Like, if anything, we're actively fighting against it. Yeah, that's a slippery slope to- already. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, so in a weird way, there's something I wanted to mention here, and I, I wondered what you thought about this. One of the things that they kind of showed was that um, the results are a little bit obvious. So one of the things they did is they went out and they asked people, lots of people who had experience renting DVDs, what they thought caused them to exhibit this type of behavior. And 121 subjects that signed up to do this, the majority of them, like... 64% of them said these results, it's because they watched, this is a quote, they watched the want DVD first because when the moment to choose a DVD to watch arose, it was just more appealing. And to be honest, it, hmm, I don't know what I did with that exactly because it means this is not exactly a counterintuitive result here. I guess what's so powerful is documenting it so cleanly. Totally. And I believe at the top of the study that I feel those, they were alluding to this idea that a lot of this had been observed. Yes. But not proven. So yes. it's just like, oh, we're all going off of the, these assumptions. But what happens when we actually study a data set? Can we find any, any, well, any truth to those, any validity? Yes. So, I don't know. I think we did a reasonably good job. Uh, obviously, if you wanted to, you could spend two hours on these stats. But I just want to say it was really pretty impressive. And I think it was really novel. And I, I was kind of inspired in some ways just by how you can use real decisions in the real environment to make these very strong inferences about how people's brains are working. So, I really enjoyed that part of it. And in terms of one of the key takeaways for me as we kind of wrap this up, I think that... If you start to become more comfortable that we have multiple selves and that they want different things and they're guiding us toward different decisions rather than that make you feel crazy and like you're out of control to think of it as they're trying to serve you in different ways. And if you can actually listen to each of them and try to gather what they're leaning you toward and then you get the the meta decision making, I think that that is that's healthy somehow for me, for me. And it helps you make the decisions which in the long term and the short term you can sort of live with. So that's a key takeaway for me on this. 
Totally. And yeah, I think my, my key takeaway is, I guess if we're, what we're, how we navigate our own lives in terms of our shoulds versus our wants, but also what we offer to other people as well. Having this understanding of what people are going to be probed or pricked or pulled by. So learning how to kind of, maybe if we can put more emphasis on some of the more immediately attractive elements of some of our shoulds. It might make it a lot more attractive to people. So you're not weighing it up against a full want, but you're kind of looking, what are the want elements in this should? And how do I emphasize those more so that they become more attractive in terms of how I make decisions and also to what I offer others as well so that they can make different decisions? That's great. That's great. Um, I wanted to just give a thank you um, because our our listenership has been growing and that feels really, really good. If you haven't yet, say you like this and you haven't yet subscribed, that would be really useful for us. That's something that we're going to really try to push over these next couple of months to see if we can make this into something that has a bigger impact and that sort of moves beyond um, current listenership. So another thing that you could do, I don't know if you're listening to this on iTunes, but if you could go and review that, like if you just like slide the whole way to the bottom uh, to the sort of very first podcast, there's a chance to rate us. And boy, the five stars shine really bright, don't they? I can. Oh, like stars in the night. I mean, they give me a real dopamine rush when you do that. So if you like it, we would love for you to do that. And then the last thing is any way that you could share this thing. I mean, we put it out there on Twitter and we put it out there on LinkedIn and so on. And if you've got some friends or some mates that you think would be really chuffed by some of our commentary, just send them one and see if they like it. That would be so useful for us. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your lives. Ciao.